welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing great. You're doing better now. We had to interrupt. This is our second uh, attempt at the intro. Yeah, we had a bit of a false start. Yeah. Uh, it was my fault because I didn't do something I had meant to do before yeah. we hit record. And that's all. That's all there is to it. We don't have to go we into any detail? Into okay, no. fair enough. I do have a question for you. What's that? This is a non-movie related question. Okay. I want your opinion and the listener's opinion. This is about driving. Pro. I'm, I'm in okay. favor of it. <laughs> that wasn't the question. Okay. All right. Try to get into this headspace here okay into this situation all right you're driving you come up to either a red light or a stop sign yeah, let me get some let me get some meisner training involved here okay all right yeah. sense memory right red light got it or a stop sign right it gets more specific okay now, right. by, by the way listeners who don't drive or who live in new, in places where you can't make a right turn on red this doesn't apply to you i guess the stop sign part still applies to you that concept fascinates you me. can st- that you can't make a right on red it's yeah. stupid it's dumb it's ridiculous anyway um, I do not. I do not uh, claim the superiority of California in a lot of cases, but that's one of them. Yeah, um, it is not the only. Uh, California has what better weather than New York? Better driving, I guess. Better tacos, but not better pizza or bagels. God forbid. Um, <laughs> and also, of course, the better hockey team. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, guys, you. Oh, sorry. That that's probably uh, controversial to some people. Um, well, because the Kings won the Stanley Cup yay. against the Rangers. Oh, they were against the Rangers. Yeah. Hey, all right. Take yeah. uh, suck it, New York. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what? And also, if you're listening to this show, I'd venture to say that you're probably a fan of uh, movies. Uh, movies come from here. That's true. So that's pretty. Now good. they do. Yeah. Yeah. But they were invented on the East Coast, or in France, depending on whom you ask. Right. But in America, they started on the East Coast. And then they were perfected here. Yeah, but they essentially... I mean, am I right that Hollywood essentially... Or or the movie-making industry relocated to Southern California, essentially to escape the uh, patents and monopolies of Edison and his whole film thing? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Uh, Not unlike when I criticize the studio for almost anything i'll lay almost anything at edison's feet uh he was <laughs> he killed he, that elephant <laughs> did he kill an elephant yeah, he killed an elephant it, okay how with his bare hands because no he electrocuted it to death you don't know this story i don't think i did i mean did tesla electrocute it and then uh, edison pushed him out of the way just in time <laughs> for, the, for the camera to go off no basically uh what is it? I guess um, Edison's patents, people who know the story are going to be like pulling their hair out or calling me an idiot. Okay. So it's something like this. And if you if you know the facts, do write me and make sure you write Tyler as well. He needs to know. Um, so Edison's patents had to do with direct current electricity. Mm. And when alternating current came along, mm-hmm. he wanted to prove that it was less stable and more dangerous um, than the electricity that he, he was that the version of of electricity deliverance mm-hmm. not deliverance delivery that he was uh all for and so he like electrocuted an elephant to death with uh with alternating current um That's to a- prove that it was dangerous if you'd <laughs> hook that elephant up to direct current <laughs> I feel like it still would not have gone think, well yeah, for the Yeah, it really elephant. has to do with the, like, the wattage, right? Oh, okay. Or voltage. Yeah. Wattage yeah, is lights. So. The voltage. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it has to do with the kind of current. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I one way or another. This, oh, I don't remember. For me trying to get you to picture driving. 
Oh, because I was talking about where movies were, uh, where uh, where movies come from now, and for the last, I'd say, seventy years, right? Maybe even longer, 70, 80, 90 years. Yeah, it's where a lot of them come from. Yeah, then there, but there's the also good ones. There's also India. Yeah, and Ghana. Right. Okay, um, and that's it. And uh, wait, is it Ghana or is it Nigeria or is it both? You're thinking of Moscow. No, which which is the African nation that has the huge. Uh, like cheap like b movie uh oh is is it nigeria or is it ghana i think it's nigeria i don't remember now i learned i I mean we talked about it pretty extensively in school but now i don't remember no i can't remember anyway what a bummer i Um, wish i knew more about that you know yeah like that's an entire continent that there's not a uh, an insane amount of film production that we would know about but there's still film production that i feel like i should know about just on principle yeah it is strange how few african films we yeah we see i mean Um, i remember we watched that one or at least in my in my class we watched hyenas Hyenas, which was great yeah i loved it and then a few years ago there were just satsi Mm -hmm. and district nine and that's it that's all the african movies that have ever made it to these shores and then and satsi gave us a a not very great director. Uh-huh. So. Uh, way to go, Africa. Yeah. Um, what next? Here's what's next. Drive Okay. It. Okay. Yeah. I want your opinion and okay. a listener's opinion. You pull up to a red light or a stop sign where you're going to make a, re- a, re- a right turn. Mm-hmm. The person in front of you is already waiting, but they've pulled, in anticipation of making the right, they've pulled so far ahead that when you stop behind them, you're already at the line, at the stop sign line you know what i mean oh okay yeah i know what you mean okay so once they go do i have to like wait a certain amount of time or do i have to pull forward and then pause or can i just go because i already stopped at the stop sign you mean from a legal standpoint or from just a common sense like safety standpoint i would say both obviously safety depends on whether or not there are cars coming right when it's (laughs) assuming there's no cars passing okay like this person was waiting for cars to pass all the cars have passed he or she went can I just go behind the person? So, like, you, and, the, you and this person are doing your waiting concurrently instead because of... Because I'm already at the stop sign. Yeah. I already stopped at the stop sign. Yeah, you put in your time. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, you're basically saying... Can I when just the, go? I, you know what? I, I'll bet if you went, you'd get... And a cop side, you'd get pulled over. You think? Yeah. I now, think they would just four-way see, stop, four-way intersection with stop signs, and mm-hmm. I went, I would at the very least piss off three other people. Absolutely, yes. For going. Uh, but uh, it just seems... Like common sense that if I stop at the stop sign, then I've, like you said, put in my time. Yeah. No, I, I can go I, when the going's good. I agree with you on principle, but I think in actuality, anybody who saw that cop or otherwise would see a fluid line of cars going right with, and that second car not stopping at all when you're supposed to. But I now, had of course, come to a did. complete stop. You did do that, but yeah. I don't think anybody else would perceive no. it that way. Here's the, the answer to the question is I did it your way. Okay. And it's happened plenty of times before, but it happened today. I was uh, driving up uh, Fairfax, making uh, north on Fairfax, making yep. a right onto Hollywood Boulevard. You right. know, that's the part that's where Hollywood Boulevard is residential when people don't think of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's about. very strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that happened. I didn't know. Uh, and I waited, but I was like, could I have just gone? Yeah, I think, I think it's probably always best to just uh, to drive. Okay, but if it's not, if it's a situation like that where it's a red light, mm-hmm. you can make a ride on red. There's no cars coming. It's not a four-way stop sign intersection where I'm waiting for someone else to go. 
what did I, what do I do? And here's what I did. I just waited a beat or so. Yeah, I'd say give it two seconds. It really just just a hitch, just something that separates you from the car in front of you. I think you're good. Okay. All right. Just wanted to get your opinion. I hope the listeners have opinions as well and Absolutely. put them in the comments and uh, tweet me uh, at the pretension. It's just going to be all hockey comments, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Now here's the thing. We wanted to keep this short. It's too late for that already. We've right, got we a lot of announcements. Yeah, we've got we've we got to, to do keep, that. Keep the lights on. Yeah. Adam Carolla says. So, all right. So we'll we'll lead with this, and then I've got a bunch of announcements. This episode is brought to you by the Double Feature Podcast. This week, they talk about The Purge, David, the first one, and the film We Are What We Are. They ask the question, do horror movies help us work out dark urges to rape and slaughter? And the ulterior motives of directors who claim they do. Uh, That sounds very interesting (laughs) to me. Uh, What's interesting... Uh, okay, I can't go into this, but this I like the phrasing of it. Does it help us work out these dark urges to rape and slaughter? And I think, I do have dark urges, don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever in my life had the urge to rape or even, or slaughter. I think either one. To kill, absolutely. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on what you mean by slaughter. Yeah. I've had the urge I to do, massacre. Yeah. I take public transportation a lot. This is a big okay. part of it. Um, so I'm like, uh, not that people who take public transportation are particularly annoying. It's just, you can't shut them out. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, public transportation is a good way to be in a small space with a lot of other people. And sometimes you get the urge to massacre them, you know? So you want to kill everyone. That's a massacre. A slaughter always seems like more than one person may, but it not really. If I were to slaughter you, I also just see it as there's almost nothing. You're not recognizable anymore. You're just. So I've a, been like decimated. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Which I guess technically means cut into 10. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, but yeah. But the, the, uh, the rape urge, I feel like, is one that uh, I don't think is necessarily universal. Or yeah, maybe, sure maybe that... I've had it and I haven't been able to recognize it. <laughs> right. Um, I feel like when you, know, when you do it once, then you're like, okay, I definitely know that urge now. <laughs> well, that's what I've been That's what feeling I've been feeling all, this all these time. years. Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, but th- that sounds, that conversation sounds interesting because it's one that's been had for a very long time. Do horror movies help you get that out of your system? And I do like that they mention the ulterior motives of directors who claim that's the case because I'm sure... Because I okay years ago this this will feed into our episode it won't be a transition because we got a lot of announcements but uh, years ago I believe it was my first Comic Con because I was there with Jen and uh, we went to a panel twenty ten twenty ten I believe yeah um, maybe two thousand nine no I think it was ten and uh, no, I know it was twenty ten because we hung out with uh, Ryan from Criterion Cast okay all of us together yes and that was. In 2009, I didn't know Ryan. So oh, okay. All right. Well, that, end, that. that answers that. Uh, and so uh, I, went to a, I went to a panel called uh, Old School Horror, and that sounded fun to me. I didn't yet know what Comic-Con was, uh-huh. that Old School Horror, that is the name of the panel, but it's really just meant to, we're going to push Hatchet 2, which in theory <laughs> is like a throwback to old school horror. We're not going to call it a hatchet too. We're going to spring that on you. So Jen and I wound up leaving early because, um, all right. I think I've said this before. So now, when you, when but Ty- we have more people listening than right. we used to. When Tyler braces, when Tyler pauses like that is because he's bracing himself 
to confront something that irritates. I'm just saying because people can't see the the expression on your face. Yeah. And like also you're you're stepping back, stealing yourself because you're about to step into yeah. an arena that is really going to upset you. And I'm anticipating a possible backlash. Oh, okay. But uh, a certain type of horror fan, uh, there's, I'm going to say, nothing worse. (laughs) Yeah, let's put it that way. A certain type of horror fan. Don't get me wrong. Um, And maybe it's just people that are fans of horror the way, like, a certain certain type of a fan of anything it can be the worst i think and so in this case it was just horror and it's just i i just hated i hated everybody involved in that panel i hate i certainly did not like the director of, of hatchet but um anyway but the one th- i was there just What's long enough name? uh i don't remember green adam green adam green sounds right to me yeah i think it's um, adam green and so we were there just long enough for him to talk about uh how there are people who say that horror is just terrible and that it does terrible things to the people that watches it, that, that watch it. And then he said, no, he goes, I don't think so. I think actually this allows you to get this out of your system. And I thought, huh, in responding to one statement that I don't agree with, you've made one, you've made another that I don't think I agree with. You've gone to the other extreme. I think it's probably just right there in the middle. I think it's fine either way. I don't think it does anything particularly noble in and of itself. I um, See, I think, because I also disagree that it helps us work out these impulses. Are we done with the double feature ad, by the way? I don't want to get too yeah, far afield. Uh, sorry. So this episode uh, and others are available at doublefeatureshow.com, and then you can also click on the banner ad at battleshipretention.com. So in that episode, they talk about the purge, and we are what we are. And uh, hopefully, and there's more to the conversation than just this. This is the part that I found most fascinating. But what I want to say is I don't think, yeah, I disagree that it helps you work out these impulses. I think what it does help you deal with, um, and this goes back to something you and I were talking about off mic um, just before we started, is uh, experiencing and confronting uh, your own fear. Mm-hmm. I think um, these this thing you're saying, this idea that it helps you work things out makes it sound like you're supposed to be putting yourself in the shoes of the of the killer. Right. You know, and I, uh, when horror movies do that, I don't, I don't respond well to those horror movies. I want to be in the shoes of the victim or the potential victim. Right. Um, and that, uh, and, and I want to experience that fear in a safe, yeah. in a safe place because, uh, I think that is, that actually can help you. Um, I don't know if work things out is the right word, but I think you can go back out into the world, um, a more mentally healthy person if you've uh, if you've experienced that and been okay at the end of it. Yeah, it might it might if I'm being kind of lofty, I'd say maybe it helps you cultivate your fight or flight instinct without actually having to be in that situation. Not unlike here's a story, David, that I think you'll find funny. Sometime in in October, we're going to have. Uh, a friend of mine on the show to talk about 1980s horror, genuine, actual, old school horror, uh-huh. which is you know that is safe from the 1980s. By the way, Adam Green also made the two, the 2010 movie Frozen that everyone has forgotten about because oh, yeah. of the Disney movie Frozen. That's true, yes, which actually looked interesting to me at the time. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Um, and so, uh, but this friend was telling me about Halloween Horror Nights a couple years ago, and that I think he went by himself. Which already is a little strange, but then, okay, 
So, David, you and I went to Halloween Horror Nights a few years ago, and you remember the, you know, the tram part where you, you take the tram for a while and then you get off and you have to work your way through this. Well, you don't just get off. You have to get off because uh, the, 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 the ghost face from Scream killed the tram driver. Oh, right. Yes. We didn't, they weren't just like everybody off. It was like our driver's been murdered. We're not yes. going anywhere. We better run into the back lot. Exactly. Uh, where there's all kinds of, uh, you know, stuff. Yeah, more and ghost so, faces. Ghost, more, more ghosts face. There we go. Now we're talking. See, it's a fun joke to say. <laughs> so this friend of mine said that he loved it. He's a big horror fan, so he loved all those mazes and stuff. And he said that uh, they kept the tram running until like the very end. And so he got on the tram. It was the end of the night. He got on the tram. He was the only one on the tram, and he just assumed more people would be coming. No. He was the last. There was one person on that tram. It was him. Oh, he got like a private show. Yeah, so he had to go through that whole thing completely by himself. Literally, no, not merely no friends around, no people around. Right. Everyone's coming right at him. And the thing is, this I don't care how much you have developed this <laughs> this thought of. Well, it's all fake. They're uh-huh. not going to hurt me. I don't care how much you've worked that out. That's going away when you're the only one. Yeah, but I still think – yeah, I would be – it would be scary, but I would also be having a blast. I think that would be yeah. a lot of fun. Oh, I'd, I would absolutely let myself scream as loud as possible. But I think also for me it's just – well, th- one of these guys could actually kill me and no one would know. Well, except for all the other like, yeah, employees. But, be, but then they'd be like, hey, can I get in on this? I want to develop this <laughs> urge to slaughter. They haven't seen, I, enough, they haven't seen enough horror movies. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> they get it out of their system. Exactly. That's why they when try they to live these horror too. movies. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, one more thing that on that, that backlot thing that I was bummed about. Because you walk through the part you can only walk through. It's like the Psycho House and the plane crash, the suburban plane crash yeah. area. You know, mm-hmm. Is that from War of the Worlds? Is I believe so, from? yes. Um, and they had gussied it all up with like dead bodies and stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. But everyone was getting scared. Everyone like the crowd was moving so quickly because they didn't want to stand. And if you stand still for too long, one of the ghosts' face is going to come yeah. up and scare you. And I didn't. I felt like I really want to just like wander around here and look at what they've done to this oh, that, scenery. And that, I didn't really get a chance to. That uh, maze for the thing oh, had yeah. some gr- some amazing art direction and some great makeup. And I, I, we were there with a friend of the show, Jason Eakin, and uh-huh. he and I said afterwards, I wish every hour for 10 minutes they would just do the behind-the-scenes tour and everybody that's ma- all made up, they just come and stand uh-huh. and they turn on the lights and you can just admire the details of the makeup. <laughs> right. And then we just said, like, I guess they wouldn't do that, though. Because <laughs> yeah. that's all I want to do is just, you know, when this thing reaches out for you and I'm just like, oh, this is terrifying. Okay, but now that I've had that feeling... Uh-huh. Can you hang out for a minute? Because I really want to look at this. Um, but yeah. All right. What else? Uh, what, what other announcements do we okay, have? So Comic-Con, we're going to be at, yeah. uh, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, or if you're, even if you're not attending, if you're going to be in anywhere in the area, come down to the Gaslamp uh, District. Is that what it's called? District, I believe. Yeah. Um, to 4th Avenue. What's the idea of the full address? I believe it's 554 
4th Avenue. And it's called Dublin Square. Just yes. put Dublin Square into your smartphone. Yeah. Uh, it'll find it for you. Uh, eight, starting at 8 p.m., I guess 8 to 10, but we might hang out longer. Yeah. Um, at Dublin Square, it's going to be us. It's going to be the Warner Archive guys, and it's going to be the Criterion cast. And there's also going to be all sorts of other yeah. special guest uh, podcasters uh, from the Televerse and from uh, Screamcast and the, Out Now. Out Now. Yeah. I feel like there was one more that I'm forgetting now. Oh, it's more than more one, than one lesson. lesson. That's yeah. right. Definitely. Were you actually? No, I really did forget. Oh, okay, yeah. It's more than one lesson because Josh will be there too. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, and so there'll be a lot of people there. It'll be a lot of fun to hang out with other podcasters and I enjoy talking to listeners. Um, be prepared if you're a listener though, because I I do get, uh, really self-conscious and I really don't want to talk about me. So I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. Yeah. Do you, is that what you do? Yeah. I met a lovely couple last year and I'm forgetting their names. Yeah. I feel bad about that, but, Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a delight. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So that's that is uh, July twenty fourth. Fourth, so that's so that's by the time this goes up, that's this coming Thursday. So be ready for that. We we would love to talk to you. Um, okay, a couple of a couple of other things. Um, special thanks to Erin Gibson for being on last week. She was great. That it was, was a lot of fun. A yeah. uh, f- couple of other things. Uh, you can hear me talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes uh-huh. um, on post show recaps. Which was which is a video show and the Out Now podcast. Now I know you're thinking, well, why would I listen to you talk about two separate things? There are different types of shows with different types of vibes. Right. Uh, Post show recaps is sort of a general discussion uh, that I enjoy, that I still enjoyed quite a bit. Out Now is is more of the really snobby nerdy stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun being on both shows. So you can find those at postshowrecaps.com. And then I don't know the URL for Out Now, but if you just search for Out Now Podcast, you'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, there's something coming up uh, in August, so just kind of get yourselves ready for this. So last year, we put together a list of the top 50 horror movies of all time, number one being The Shining. And this, these were li- listener-voted. Listener-generated, yes. Yeah. And so we're going to do that again, this time with the top 50 comedies of all time. Here's how it's going to work. And we're going to start taking submissions in August, so do not send me anything yet. It won't count. Just yeah, Pre-August 1st, it will yeah, not count. I'll throw it away and block you forever. How yeah. about that? <laughs> there you go. So uh, I, I'm not in a position to start tallying until Comic-Con is over, quite frankly. So, um, so yeah. But you have a few weeks to get your list together. What you'll be doing is you'll be sending me 10 movies that you think absolutely belong on the top 50 comedies of all time list. Your, how, whatever criteria you use is your own. Is it, is it just pure funny? Is it mm-hmm. a movie that is a comedy but is also a great movie in and of itself? Right. Uh, is you it know, movies you're in? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be an interesting one, yes. <laughs> but um, so that's... So that's the deal. Send and and when the time comes, you'll be sending it to me, Tyler, at battleshipretention.com. Uh your top your not it doesn't even necessarily have to be your top ten, just ten ten comedies that you absolutely think belong in there. And you can have a, a, a loose idea of comedy as well. You could consider Ravenous a comedy if you wanted to. Yeah. So now we're gonna get a gazillion votes for Ravenous. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, so Get ready for that. That'll be happening in August. And in September, we will be talking about it with a guest. I won't say who it is yet, um, but he's very interested. So that's... Oh, is it he? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, as we both know, women aren't funny, so they won't get, <laughs> they won't get it. They'll be like, where's Bridesmaids? 
Right. Bridesmaids actually, bridesmaids, it might make the list, actually, because <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty damn funny. Did you ever see it? No. Oh, you'd love it. Didn't I think you would really. Oh, because right. that, that one Because it's scene. got the, the, the di- diarrhea thing. And, uh, Look, I don't like that kind of humor either, but it's, yeah, no, they make like it funny. These people make it funny. And so, I, liked, uh, uh, I liked the heat. I, I enjoy that Melissa McCarthy. I think she's great in Bridesmaids. I really, I didn't love Identity Thief, but she's great in it, as one would expect. Um, Tammy's not getting good reviews. We talked about this last yeah. week with Aaron Gibson. Yeah. And then you and I happened to watch, uh, I rewatched the sketch at WonderCon. I don't remember the name of it. But it's with, uh, oh, now I can't even remember the SNL sketch uh, cast member, uh-huh. uh, where it, it, he's this guy just sitting on a park bench, and he's narrating <laughs> an encounter he had with this woman, uh-huh. played by Melissa McCarthy, who just plays this woman who's maybe insane, like literally insane, uh-huh. uh, and just is a messy eater and is dressed shabbily and crazy, might be homeless, who's to say? And it's just a... It's a completely ridiculous sketch, and you and I laughed uproariously yeah. at it. So, um, of course, she was also on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, and uh, don't forget Drowning Mona. Of course. All right, but uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the top fifty comedies. We just named a bunch of them. Yeah, get ready, get ready for that, and then Drowning send them Mona. to me in August. That SNL sketch that's going to be on the list. Yeah. Okay. This is and stupid. and the others that I don't remember. But uh, Tammy, Tammy will definitely be in the top. No 10. question about it. And so we'll, I think I'll be taking we'll be taking submissions for the entire month of August. So you've got a whole month to do it. Uh, we would like to get a lot of submissions if possible. But not um, before August 1st. Seriously. Indeed. Seriously. Uh, speaking of uh, funny women. Uh, we have more announcements. It's not so much an announcement. It's just something that I wanted to say at the top. So as of the day of recording, uh, there are a lot of bad oh, things. Right, a lot yeah. of bad things happened today. Um, a commercial flight was shot down over Ukraine, killing yeah. 295 people, which Jason is in- Biggs made a tasteless joke about it. Did he? Yeah. Oh, of course he did. Um, <laughs> Why? Of course. I thought did, it was weird he, that it was Jason Biggs. Because like I, a year ago, for life me, I don't remember what it was, but he made a series of very tasteless jokes about something. Oh, okay. And but again, I think you can joke about everything. That doesn't mean you should. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, tasteless doesn't mean unfunny, but this wasn't particularly funny. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, so that's one terrible thing. And then it looks like uh, things are definitely going to be uh, escalating between Israel and Palestine. And so, uh, but none of those have to do with movies, right? At least not yet. Johnny, Johnny Winters died. Oh, I don't think I, Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. The, yeah. My dad was a fan of, okay. Uh, Johnny and Edgar Winters. Hmm. See, and I didn't even notice. I didn't even even know everything no. that happened today. But one thing that I the, did notice the, the the new Weird Al video that came out today wasn't as good as the three previous ones. Which one came out today? Handy, Handy. Oh yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, but did you watch the other three? I watched Tacky, which I uh, enjoyed tremendously. I watched Word Crimes, yeah, that, which was great. And just as a song, it's a wonderful right. idea. And you couldn't, you didn't think word crimes could be beat until you watched Foil. Did you watch Foil? I did not. Oh my god. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, he's on Never Not Funny this week. Uh, ah. It's neat to know that he has, I'd say, not lost a step in the <laughs> yeah, last 30 no, years. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so, okay. But what I will say is that uh, Elaine Stritch passed away today yeah. at the age of 89. So, I'm not saying... Good like, run. Yeah, she had a good run. She lived a long time, and she was working pretty much right up until the end. I knew her from, I think, a couple of movie appearances. She was in a movie called Out to Sea with uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. That was actually pretty good. Um, 
but I know her as a lot of people our age do, primarily from uh, 30 Rock. And I thought she was tremendous on 30 Rock. I thought she was hilarious. She really did some, some stuff, some great stuff on there. And I just wanted to say that uh, it's, it's always neat to me when somebody like, it's ha- it happens a lot with Betty White right now. Um, when an older performer that people that younger people might see as irrelevant to themselves uh is put in a movie or a tv show or whatever and suddenly they become we we are not merely uh familiar with them but we actually come to sort of treasure them um i think another example is christopher lee who mm-hmm. was in he was recently in the Star Wars prequels, but of course he was also in the Lord of the Rings films. Right. And so that's an entire, I mean, he's into his nineties now. Yeah. And still releasing heavy metal albums. But <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he's amazing. And, <clears throat> and so it's just always a neat thing to me when that happens that today you, when I saw, I saw Facebook posts and tweets from people that were in their twenties talking about Elaine Stritch and how much she'll be missed. And I, I just, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's unfortunate that she passed away. She left behind a really great body of work uh, and one that hopefully will be appreciated by, at this point, every generation of people, yeah. uh, which always always excites me. It's, it is something of a, of a silver lining when this kind of thing happens. Um, I remember was- several years ago when Paul Schofield passed away, I was really bummed out, but I also knew that I, I'm a film fan, and that's why I'm bummed out. Uh, and if I mention Paul Schofield to a lot of other people, not because they're ignorant or anything, but because of just the projects that he was in, he was just not a remarkably relevant actor to to younger generations. But somebody like Elaine Stritch is, and so uh, I don't know. I think that's I think it's kind of neat when people can get together on that. And um, I think it's pretty rare too. I want to mention one of her last film performances was the voice of the uh, grandma ghost in Paranorman. Oh yeah, from 20, one of my favorite films of 2012. Yeah, which she's yeah she's great in that. Yeah. Okay, from that to earbuds. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, you can find uh, fantastic professional quality earbuds. Uh, at, at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. Uh, and if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get these earbuds at a low, low price in a variety of styles and colors for one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. All right. So, all right. We said we we're going to keep this short. We are doing a very bad job of that. Um, so let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Let's talk about Comic-Con. This is our Comic-Con preview. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that we want to see. Now, did you have, are you planning on going to the pilot screenings on Wednesday night on preview night? Uh, I would like to, I think, I'm not sure exactly when we'll be getting in. Uh, I'll be going with Josh. I'll be taking the train maybe in the afternoon. I don't know quite. You've, you've taken the train. How long did it take to get down there by train? Um, two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think we might be able to make it. Uh, how crowded is preview night? Is, it, is there a possibility that you that you won't get into those those I screenings? Think, I've never gone to the, the screenings. My understanding is that you can walk in to see the screenings. Okay. The floor is crowded. Okay. Because the only thing going on um, other than the exhibit hall floor yeah. are the are the pilot screenings. But I'm pretty sure you can just walk right in. Okay. I think I think I might I don't know I I don't have it in front of me, so I don't even know what's what's showing. Um, it's, um, although I see here that the Flash and Constantine are showing. It's the Flash, 
it's Constantine, it's iZombie, which are all pilots. And then right. the fourth one is a new episode of Teen Titans Go, which is not a pilot. Okay. Uh, Constantine, I'm very interested in. So I'm uh, and the, very and cautiously interested in Constantine. Yeah. Because I like that it's going to be the... It's late night NBC like Hannibal, like they're going to let him get away with more yeah. stuff. Except smoking. Not smoking or bisexuality. They're not doing that. So uh, that's that's really annoying to me. Um, it's really cutting off your nose to spite your face in a way uh, because... Or cutting off your nose so that you can eat it, which apparently is perfectly okay to, sh- to show on late but night God NBC. But God forbid, light up a cigarette. Yeah. But like uh, we talked, uh, Paul and I talked about this on, on Hey Watch This, my TV podcast. Um, John Constantine's chain smoking is not like glorified. No, it's, it's, a, it's like a bad thing. Uh, it's not a, it's not a pro pro smoking message. Yeah. And maybe I could see the character be being depicted as very cool uh-huh. in many ways. And so if he's doing this thing, it'll be, even if somehow the more fatalistic he is, the cooler it might seem. So don't get me wrong. I can see that to a certain extent, but also it's just it's part of the character. And also, and, uh, again, the idea is think of the children, right? Right. But if you're putting this on at a late night TV spot where you're going to have it be more, more, more grisly and more gory and darker and weirder the way that Hannibal is, which is yeah. what it seems like they're – that's the word at least. That's what they're going for with Constantine. It's going to be a late uh, a later show. Um, with more leeway, then you're already saying that you're not expecting kids to be watching this. Yeah. So they, what is the smoking thing for? When they made the X-Men cartoon in 1992, Wolverine always had a toothpick. That makes sense. He was a big smoker of cigars in the comic books. But this was a 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings yeah. cartoon. Yeah. Clearly aimed at kids. That I understand. Right. But this is, yeah, this is ostensibly for adults. And yes, I understand because it's network kids can watch it but they're doing everything they can to keep that from happening yeah and they're or making to minimize they're, and it they're anyway. making decisions in other part other parts of the creative process under the assumption that kids aren't watching yeah so why suddenly this thing anyway stupid yeah um but you're interested in the flash as well huh uh yeah to a certain extent i don't care much about really any dc heroes i was always more of a marvel person but uh it sounds like as well as Marvel is doing in the world of film, DC is doing great with television. I've heard great things about Arrow. I'm very excited for Gotham, uh, which comes right. out in the fall. And The Flash looks pretty interesting to me as well. Um, I, I haven't seen don't any know of this. about The Flash. I mean, I the, don't really the TV either. series. I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen an episode of Arrow and it seemed pretty good. I'd mm-hmm. be interested in going back and watching it if I had the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if the flash is going to be similar in tone. I think it probably will be. In fact, if you look at all of the, all of these DC related shows, even if they're on different networks, they all do seem to, they all do seem to be sort of, uh, of a piece and kind of unified in the way they look and the tone that they strike, which I like, I'm excited about that. What I like about the arrow show from what I understand, I don't know if you, people who listen to Arrow or watch arrow, tell me if I'm wrong or right. Or maybe if you've heard about this, mm-hmm. So, Batman, right? Batman begins, right? Yeah. The idea that he doesn't kill people is there from the beginning. Yes. Whereas on Arrow, I think in like the first season, he kills people and then comes to the decision, I don't want that to be a part of 
who I am anymore. I like that. And I think uh, that's something that, that TV, sounds really interesting. TV can allow yeah. you. Um, whereas you can't necessarily do that in a three movie, uh, right. series. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd say I'm excited for the flash, but I'm interested. And if I can go and see it in a room full of fans and yeah. on a fairly large screen, why not? Yeah. But Constantine, and I actually am genuinely excited about. To be clear, these pilot screenings aren't. There's no panels. There's no stars or anything. Yeah, they, I think they have, from what I understand, a representative from Warner Brothers Television introduce each one, and then they start. They show the show. That's yeah. all it is. No, no panels. No Q and A. No, no Qs and A. Kind of fine with that. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to Thursday then. And uh, I think the first one that I'm really going to try to go to is a movie, uh, a panel called "Behind the Music: Crime, Death, and Resurrection." Yeah. Which is, do you have that on your list yeah. here? It sounds fan- fascinating. It's uh, composers for, I guess, sort of gritty genre TV shows and movies. You got um, James Levine, American Horror Story, Jeff Russo from Fargo. I'm guessing that's Fargo the series, right? Because Carter Burkwell did yeah, I would assume so. TV uh, the movie Daniel Licht from Dexter. Uh, Brian Reitzel from Hannibal. That's the number one yes. reason there. Um, also the guy who did Lone Survivor and uh, Christopher Young who did some other stuff. Uh, and, oh, show Shane West will be moderating. Ha! Huh. That's great. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. I like, yeah. I like Shane West. If it, if it sounds like I'm making fun, I'm not. Yeah, I think I, he seems like a pretty down-to-earth guy um, based on the few interviews that I've seen. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I went to... Uh, I went to a music panel last year, I think at either at WonderCon or Comic-Con. Now I don't remember. Um, and it's always interesting to to hear what they have to say. And you realize that a lot of genre music tends to be boiled down to – it feels like just tones. Just somebody hits a key on their synthesizer and just hold that – for about a minute and a half. Uh, but I know it's more complex than that. And I like, and, and I don't know much about music. I can talk about music specifically and how it makes me feel. But when it comes to the specifics about it, uh, I feel like I can't really talk about it. So I'm, yes, I'm also very much looking forward to that. Uh, what else do you have on Thursday? Well, Thursday, I got a bunch of stuff. Um, and I only wrote down names. So I don't even, and I did it several days ago. In fact, a week ago. Uh, and so I don't remember the description of everything. But also at 1030, there's something called uh, Legends of TV Land, yeah, which features, among others, the aforementioned Betty White, which I'm kind of excited about. But now, do you, do you read the full descriptions, or did you just say that you didn't? Sorry. No, no, I, re- I read the full descriptions, I just didn't write them down, and I don't always okay. remember them. Uh, because it seems like, um, like your thing about old school horror was really about Hatchet 2. Yeah. This is like the Hot in Cleveland panel. Yeah. But I guess there'll be some other guests because I think they're showing like an episode of Hot in Cleveland. Oh, okay. Or at least like that's what it doesn't say that outright, but it seems like. And you know, I'm I'm kind of okay with that if the panel itself is full of interesting people. But if they show an episode of a TV show, it's that's half the panel. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, because uh, that was on my list, my interested list, until I looked into it and I was like, I'm not saying if I knew who was going to be there. Yeah. You know, I'm also kind of intrigued by. Why are they bringing Hot in Cleveland to Comic Con? Except for yeah. people like me who are like, "Hey, Betty White." But yeah, Betty White's been there before, and uh, yeah, TV Land has a presence at Comic Con every year. Hmm. But yeah, I, th- I have three things written down for the ten thirty slot, with behind the music being my my highest priority. Oh, we might be at the same panel then. Absolutely. Oh boy, you guys can join us and look for us. 
So, oh, by the way, if you, as has been kind of the standing uh, offer for the last uh, couple years, if you see me at Comic Con and you come up and say "Welcome aboard," I will give you a Battleship Retention pin. All right, or button. Sorry, a button. Um, it's square. Yeah, I, I have one. Um, okay, there's also there's a panel about Godzilla. Um, yeah, it's I'm yeah Godzilla and the Master of Monsters. I looked at that. That was in, it. Looked interesting to me. I wrote it down um, just because it's about the guys who made the the big rubber suits and and that kind of thing. So that sounds interesting to me, but it's not a it's not a a, a huge deal. Um, Toy Story that time forgot. Are you interested in that? No, I did not write that down. What uh, is that about? Um, it's a uh, this. This winter, there's going to be on ABC a uh, holiday special, a toy, new, sto- new Toy Story special on TV, and it's about that. But it looks like it's uh, animators and producers might be there, but I don't know about I don't know about voices. I don't know about behind the mic talent. That's, that's what you're interested in. Yeah, that's very interesting that that is happening because that actually kind of feeds into uh, the thing that I'm interested in at uh, noon. Um, and I'm not going to be, by the way, mentioning everything that I wrote down because there's a lot of overlap in some things. But uh, uh, the thing about the Toy Story franchise is that the characters are so well known. And it's such an interesting ensemble of characters that they can bring them back in not just in movies. They can do little specials. They can make short films before other uh, Pixar films. Um, and they're just they're pretty malleable in that way. And so I'm actually reminded of. The Peanuts characters, and so at 12 p.m. there's uh, a panel about Charles Schultz, which I'm very excited about because uh, he's an interesting guy. Is he? I, I know very little, right? And I and I've read relatively little Peanuts. Yeah, it's there's there's a surprising amount of uh, heart to uh, to the the Peanuts characters, but very seldom does he overplay the sentimentality it's a very simple kind of sentimentality that i that i that i like quite a bit um what else uh what else do you have uh well there's a lot that i have on thursday so i'll i'll let you take it well there's um dreamworks animation i'm not sure what's going to be there um so i'm not gonna dwell on that is that a hall h i'm yeah, i, I haven't written one. anything down for hall h because i just i'm never going to stand in line unless yeah. they have a q a with robert duvall or something <laughs> like that uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna see how. Th- yeah, Friday and Saturday, I'm gonna avoid Hall H, unless I get the bug Friday night and decide to get in line at three o'clock in the morning. Um, and oh, can we talk about the wristbands? Do you know about the wristbands? No. This is really interesting uh, for people who are geeky about Comic Con. <laughs> so this might be boring to some other people, but starting this year, mm-hmm. they're gonna be handing out. Well, okay, so I guess there's sixty five hundred seats in hall h or something like that okay um they're gonna have 6500 wristbands i guess and the idea is that starting when the last panel the day before ends and going till 1 a.m they hand a wristband to everyone who gets in line um and there are four different colors representing like after the first quarter of them are given out they switch to the color which gives you an idea of how far back in the room because that's important to some people it's never been important to me i actually kind of like sitting in the back of hall h yeah it's easier to get to the bathrooms and everything you want to see is up on the screen anyway um anyway uh and so that'll go until 1 a.m and then they're going to stop they'll stop giving out wristbands and they'll start again at 5 a.m with whatever they have left 
Hmm. Um, now, so I think the idea is, or, or at least it seems to me that it doesn't change that much, except for it actually might encourage more camping out because more people are going to be getting there before 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, but it also could cut down on some line cutting because what it has, what it, what he has to do, your whole group would have to show up to get the wristbands. Now, if one person is agreed to camp out, everyone else can go back to their hotel room right. and come back and join in the morning. But they have to get their wristbands uh, before 1 a.m. or after 5 a.m. if there are any left. My my worry is that by Friday night, everyone's going to be out of the wristband thing and all 6500 are going to be gone by 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, which would be nice to, you know, people know on Twitter, like, don't bother getting up. <laughs> Everyone is already already has the wristbands. So wait a minute. All right, okay, yeah, this is the first I've heard of this. Do you mean? Do you mean to tell me? I do mean to tell you. Does this start Wednesday night or does it start Thursday night? Uh, my guess is that it starts Wednesday night. Yeah. So after I'm done with whatever it is I'm doing uh-huh. on Wednesday, I could go and get in line somewhere uh-huh. for a Thursday hall H. Uh, yeah. Huh. But you need someone to hold your spot. You can't just go get a wristband and then go home. Oh, okay. Um, unless unless the person next to you in line, when you get in line, says, yeah, I'll hold your spot. Um, but that seems kind of like... So what is the point of the wristbands then? I think it's to keep people... Because I, you know, here's, here's what I appreciate about it. Is that last year on Saturday morning, or really on, fr- let's say, Friday morning, I got in line pretty early i don't remember how late it was but it was uh like six something mm-hmm. and i didn't get in to right. all age until you know, I, I ended up hanging around and getting in for game of thrones but i didn't get in for the first few panels yeah um and i think so the next day i got there even earlier i got there at like five thirty in the morning and spent five hours five hours not knowing if i was getting in or not right whereas now the idea is you won't have that you know you'll know i'm i'm probably not getting in i might as well just make other plans today you don't waste your morning waiting in line i think that's the main idea behind it and to cut down on line cutting so you would still wait in line in the morning yeah yeah. but it's it's at least if you have one of those wristbands it's a guarantee that you'll be getting in if you and you have a spot saved for you yeah okay yeah you can't just if if you if you got a wristband before 1 Mm a.m and then you decide to not show up the next morning until 9 30 or whatever yeah and there's no one holding your spot you have to go to the back of the line. Your wristband doesn't mean anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, so uh, that is a very efficient thing. Uh, for me, it's just I. That is too early again for me to ever conceivably wake up. But you're and, usually up that early. You all you have to do is stay up. Yeah, that's going to be hard to do <laughs> because then I'm never sleeping for the entirety of Comic-Con, which yeah. might make for a fun thing by the end of the by <laughs> the end of the of the con, but uh but yeah. No, well that's that's interesting. I'm interested to know if you do you think you're going to try and do that every night? Not every night. No, I I think my plan right now is to see um what the Hall H line is like on Thursday because it doesn't seem like there's much of a draw unless you count I think um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is in there, maybe, and that might be a draw for some people. Sure. Or maybe that's Friday, actually, now that I think about it. Um, Because I do want to try to get in for The Giver. Oh, yeah. Um, 
the panel for the giver, even though it's probably going to be terrible. The movie, uh, it's the it's the one thing in Hall H that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um. So I will see what the line is like. Other than that, I have no plans to go anywhere near Hall H all all weekend. But that said, I could get the bug and decide Friday night to just yeah. get in line uh, or whatever. There's really only one thing maybe one or two things that I'm interested in. I'm of course I'm interested in anything, uh, Avengers age of Ultron. Um, but also I'm interested in the panel about Gotham just cause I'm, I'm actually very ins- excited for that show. It could be crap, but I'm very excited for it. It sounds yeah. like they're handling things the, the right way. Oh, well the Gotham thing in hall H on Saturday, you'll have no problem. You can walk. That's that's Saturday night. Seriously. Yeah. Eight, 8 PM to 11 PM. Okay. Yeah. There's not, that's not going to fill up. I don't think. So what does that mean? When do I have to get in line? Uh, 8 p.m. <laughs> That's my guess is that after Marvel, people won't care. Yeah, everyone's done for the day. People get in line for Marvel. This idea of doing Hall H programming, yeah, after like that late at night, is new, and I don't think, I don't think it's going to fill up. I don't think people are going to be interested in after having been in Hall H all day or being at the convention all day, I don't think it's going to be as that much of a hot ticket. Especially By that time, people got to go drink. Yeah. Other than Gotham, most everything they're showing and uh, everything they're doing in Hall H that Saturday night, they're doing elsewhere uh, at the convention. So I think all yeah, right. if you're Saturday night, if you're interested in going to that Warner Brothers television thing and seeing Gotham, um, I would say, yeah, you can probably just walk right in. That would be my guess. David, you've made my day. Except, I think the, I think this podcast is over. But um, my worry would be that because it's not it's the WB Television three hour panel mm-hmm. that includes the Gotham pilot. Right. My worry is that they're not showing the Gotham pilot until ten fifteen or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's so okay. If you're I'm, okay with spending your whole night in there. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, you know. Yeah, it could be fun. Okay. Um, I think. I think. Let me ask you this, and this is more of a larger Comic Con thing. I mean. One of the things that I like about it is that sometimes, you know, you you regularly won't get into the panel of of your choice. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to fall to your second or third choice, which maybe you have only 40% interest in. Uh-huh. But it winds up being more interesting than you would have thought. And yeah. so you go to panels that that surprise you. And so I, I'm, I'm okay with another that. Another thing that I like to do um, is... If I don't get into the thing of my choice mm-hmm. and I know there's something in a couple hours that I really want to get into, I'll just yeah. go early. And um, sometimes that means waiting in line. But sometimes that means getting like just walking into some panel that's two panels before the one you're interested in. Yeah. It ends up being fascinating. Like, and then you ha- then you you're very well versed on what's coming out in young adult sci fi fiction <laughs> right. uh, in the fall. But like I think last year I ended up it was like before the goon panel I ended up at a panel that was um, guys who had been animators in uh, for TV shows for Hanna Barbera and oh, Disney and all this stuff in the '60s like guys who worked on like Pink Panther and mm. uh, all this like these uh, animated TV shows um, that was fascinating and then two years ago <laughs> I ended up at a panel that was, it was so specific it's about novelists who write fantasy novels that take place in contemporary urban settings specifically about that and there were at least like six of them on the panel so i guess it's a thing uh and it was fascinating sounds great i loved it yeah that's that is the thing that i like about about these is that you know i I was talking with uh 
friend of the show, uh, Josh Long, and my uh, co-host for More Than One Lesson, and he was just talking about how he said, ah, a lot of these panels don't interest me. He's like, I don't really care about comic book movies. And it's like, and I remember thinking, well, there's not, it, that is a big part of it, but that's that's the high profile part of it. Mm-hmm. There are also much smaller panels that people. It's not merely that they're not aware of them; they probably don't care about them. Yeah. But those are the ones that I'm most likely to care about. <laughs> yeah. um, in some cases, you know, sometimes you get so specific that if you're not into that, if I'm not into that thing, yeah, I can't even talk myself into it. Yeah, God forbid I end up in a video game panel because I oh. don't know anything and I don't like. I don't want to, I'm not making fun of people who like video games that's, you know, teach your own, but I have zero interest in video games at all. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, it's the most boring thing in the world to me. If they have a, a an early 1990s adventure games panel, I'll be there. <laughs> Anything beyond that, I'm out. Uh, okay, we got to we gotta speed it up. Okay, I'm sorry, uh, everybody. Sony Pictures Entertainment is in Hall H, but I don't, it's kids stuff. It's Goosebumps and Pixels. Um, Goosebumps, so, really? Yeah, the Goosebumps movie. Interesting. Um, I don't know, what else do you have? Uh, behind the science of science fiction, which is different than, oh, sorry, behind the scenes of science fiction. Yes, that's, that's, I was like, what? Because the science of science fiction is later. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? I've got I Know That Voice, which is a, a voice actor's thing, which I always enjoy, though I've never been to one. And they have two of them, I believe, uh, over the course of Comic-Con. Well, they have one I Know That Voice, which mm-hmm. is specifically about the documentary, right, that John DiMaggio, John DiMaggio yeah, is yeah. doing? But then there's also two panels called Cartoon Voices 1 yes. and 2. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm interested in all of them um, because some of them have uh, voice actors that I'm very familiar with. For example, there's a guy named Bill Farmer, who I know primarily from, uh, I believe he did the voice of Sam in Sam and Max Hit the Road, one of the adventure games that I just talked about. Um, so, uh, yeah, I know that voice... Um, at 2 p.m., there's a, a panel about the year 1984, which I attempted to go to at WonderCon. Maybe they've gotten their act together and they're not so fucking insufferable. Because last Probably year, not. <laughs> last year I went to the 1983 panel and it was great. Oh, I okay. really, really liked it. So maybe, maybe they'll be better, but I'm willing to walk out if I have to. 3 p.m. is... Maybe you're interested in this superhero music, like movies, uh, music from superhero movies. I feel like that's an interesting one from the standpoint of how do you compose a theme right. for a superhero movie that doesn't sound like all the other ones. I don't know if anybody's going to ask that question. Maybe I'll ask it. Probably not. Uh, 3.30, uh, there's a conversation of the Batman 75th anniversary and just there's everything that's been. There's a whole lot of been. Batman 75 yeah. panels. Uh, all. all all con and then of course 445 in ballroom 20 hannibal which i'm interested in i don't think i'll get in but you never know it's thursday well it's thursday um the only thing after it is penny dreadful which just had its first season and probably doesn't have enough of a fan base yet okay. i think before it is teen wolf which has a huge fan base which means it should clear out pretty well okay so i am also going to try to get in for hannibal and then again like like with the giver which yeah we didn't mention the giver is also on thursday um like with the giver, uh, I, that's the only ballroom twenty thing I'm even going to attempt. Yeah, the whole the whole time. Yeah, but I'm very I'm excited. It's about the only one looking at the ballroom twenty schedule all weekend. Like there's stuff in Hall H that I'd be like, I wish I could go, but I'm not going to wait that long. Mm-hmm. Ballroom twenty is weirdly light this year for me. Yeah, I was, I, I noticed that myself. Because even other TV stuff that I want to see is in other rooms. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, at 5 p.m., so I guess if I can't make the Hannibal thing, there's a couple things at 5 p.m. One is just about uh, 
Kickstarter and how to uh, manage a Kickstarter. I I don't have one coming up, uh, and we don't have one. But that's mostly because uh, I have a lot of projects in mind, but I'm also terrified of uh, them not being funded, right? Because I don't want to be a failure any more than I already am. So that's not. Every once in a while, there's a panel that I feel like might apply to me as somebody trying to get things going as far as podcasting or as an online project or whatever. Uh, and so I'll go to it for specifically business purposes. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, at 6 p.m. There's a children's hospital panel. Yeah, that's on my list. We passed by Paramount, but I did mention it earlier. I think I think there's other things they've announced, but I guess the main thing at the Paramount uh, panel is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which yeah. I don't care about. Even though I, I grew up watching the show, but I don't care about Michael Bates produced. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, I will be seeing it and talking about it on uh, post-show recaps. When does it come out? I think early August, okay. I believe. Um, and yeah, and I might be, there's a possibility I might be discussing it with a guy who is, uh, who is on Survivor uh, and is a noted big uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Okay. So I thought that might, so that's one of the reasons I'm interested in it, but I'm not going to stand in line all day for a panel about it. Uh, uh, 6 p.m. There's... By the way, sorry. Okay. Um, we zoomed, I mean... Or I was not paying close attention when you talked about Hannibal because I was looking for what my next thing is. But um, did you talk about who's going to be there? I did not, no. Okay, so it's Brian Fuller and Stephen Lightfoot, uh, creator and executive producer, director David Slade, another producer. But the stars are, uh, yeah, it's not the big stars of, like, it's not Mods Mikkelsen and Hugh Dancy. Yeah. Uh, but it is um, Car uh, Caroline Davernis, who plays Alana Bloom, and then Scott Thompson and Aaron Abrams, I did notice who are that, great. Yes. And by that, like, um, you, people know who Scott Thompson is. He was on Kids in the Hall. Aaron Abrams is also very funny. He's I, I follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's um, he's a delight. So I'm looking forward to that. You know who I wish was there? The guy who played Chilton. Oh yeah, um, is it Ra Raul, Raul something? something? Yeah, I don't remember. But it's not Raul Julia. Esparza. I think it might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love a lot of his choices as the character. Um, yeah. Also, I'm, what's his name? What's her name? Who plays Beverly Katz? Uh, yeah, I don't recall. But um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see that one. I'm, I'm very interested. Well, let's um, hope we can get in. At um, 6 p.m., I'm interested. There's a panel in the Indigo, in the Indigo Ballroom about the Goonies, which I think will have... Uh, it, it'll be very nostalgic, but I also yeah. I'm, I'd be kind of excited to see some of the uh, actors from the Goonies there, just because uh, I'm. Even though that movie in some ways doesn't hold up, in others it really holds up. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I don't remember it being that good last time I did watch it. Uh, Anne Ramsey is awesome, as mm -hmm. one would expect, as is uh, Robert Davi and Joe Pantoliano. Like the villains are fun, but then there's also a couple of things like. Uh, some of the sense of camaraderie and adventure it's and it's also an interesting snapshot because i feel like it's it's a movie that could have only been made in the 80s make of that what you will um <laughs> you know complete with the uh, chinese stereotype and the fat kid gets made fun of and uh, all that kind of thing so um but so i'm i'm interested to see uh how people respond because i think the movie is n i think it's 1984 so i think it is now you know 30 years old which is fascinating to me um i think it's 1985 oh, okay um, but I, I could be wrong. It seemed like it, uh, my assumption is that oh, Goonies, that was early '80s. I bet it. I bet it's '84 because then they get to talk about a 30th anniversary or something. But I think the idea is that they're revving up to the 30th. They're, no, they're revving up to the sequel. 
that there's going to be a, a sequel to The Goonies. Is there going to be a sequel? That's the word. Okay, let um, me hear it. I'll address that in two ways. One is, oh, they're going to ruin the Goonies. Oh, wait a second. It wasn't that great. Oh, this thing that wasn't that great in the first place certainly doesn't deserve a sequel. (laughs) Right. Uh, As far as stars, there's none listed, but um, Sean Astin will be at Comic-Con for something else. No. And then I'm guessing or I'm hearing that Josh Brolin will be at Comic-Con for Sin City. Yeah. Um, That would be awesome to see him there. Yeah. Uh, Is that it for Thursday? Uh, That's it for me, yeah. All right, what do you got on Friday? Friday, there's a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to, here, I'm just going to start listing. I reserve the right to jump back to Thursday if I notice something that I overlooked. Fair enough. I'm going to start just listing things off for Friday, and then maybe something will jump out at me. Um, Something called Vengeance and Villains. That's at 10 a.m., so maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. Um, But uh, that just talks about uh, villains, mostly in comic books, so maybe I won't be that interested. But uh, at this point... Discussing villains in general is interesting to me. 11 a.m., Adventure Time in the Indigo Ballroom. In fact, I might be spending a great deal of time at the Indigo Ballroom because there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, Adventure Time is um, number one on my list for, for Friday morning. 12.15, same same place as Venture Brothers. Uh, 12.30, there's specifically one called Batman in the 80s and 90s, which I think would be – because that talks about – Frank Miller that talks about about Tim Burton. It just a lot of what the character started to become as we know him now started in the 80s and 90s. So I'm interested in that because that covers comic books, TV, because right. it also covers the animated series. Right. So it covers all the all, all these different uh, media mediums. What do you ever? Oh, well, it's media. Yeah. Media. OK, just making sure. Uh, so I'm that one I'm actually very interested in. Um, Let me jump back. I, I, saw, I told you I reserved the right. You son of a bitch. Um, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Now, we'll be at our meetup. Yes. Oh, that's but, right. Yes. Then, But our friends Graham and Chris uh, from Comedy Film Nerds will be at the Rick Myers Superhero Kung Fu Extravaganza, which is, I guess, just a bunch of clips from crazy kung fu movies. Um, and it's um, two and a half hours long, so it should be a blast. If you, If for some reason you're too lame to come to our meetup, uh, definitely don't be super lame and also miss this because it looks like it's going to be a fun time. And there can, and you can also, t- uh, you know, maybe have a drinking game and see because everything about that screams palm strike. And I, uh-huh. I bet you, I bet you're probably going to hear it like six times. Yeah, that's that's Graham's thing. Um, that said, I I don't think we can officially endorse sneaking a flask into. The convention center. Oh yeah, sorry. But um, I hey, drinking can mean any number of things. Doesn't mean I have some water. Done it before. Have some Propel Zero grape. Who's to say? I'm sure there are other options, but those are the only ones I know about. Those are the only yeah things that there are to drink that aren't alcoholic. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, are you still looking at Thursday? Nope. Or you're you're, you're on to Friday. To Friday. So we talked about advent, adventure time. Okay. Uh, at 1 p.m. there's a panel featuring Triumph the Insult Comic Dog and Jack McBrayer. Uh-huh. That sounds stupid and ridiculous, and I'm sure I would laugh hysterically because that's who I am. Uh, moving on, um, I'm gonna. I'll I skip skipping some, some stuff that I wanted to talk about, but I'm losing okay. my place. So you go ahead, and I reserve the right to take over the podcast. Of course, you do. Um, I'll <laughs> skip to. Uh, this really? is hardly your podcast any longer, David. Um, so. Uh, also in the Indigo Ballroom, there's uh, Bob's Burgers, and everyone is there. That's everyone's uh, going to be the, there. Part of the show. Anyone who's anyone is going to be there. No question about it. 
which and I'm a big fan of Bob's Burgers. You like you you kind of recently fell in love with it, right? I I have not gone back and watched it. I watched an episode that was amazing. Yeah, um, which was the one where they go to. Sorry, what's the middle daughter's name? Or the older daughter? Sorry, the older daughter. Tina. Tina. Tina's friend. Dan, Dan Mintz. Yeah, Dan Mintz. Tina's friend has a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. She's played by Jenny Slate. Okay. The, the girl. Did you see this one? I don't think so. And they go to the bar mitzvah because Tina isn't invited, but decides the way to woman an invite is to uh, offer up her dad's uh, her dad as a Kate, one of the caterers. It's a very like I get. Sorry, it's a bat mitzvah, isn't it? If it's a yes, yes. Um, and so she has like. 12 different caterers because it's a very fancy bar mitzvah mm-hmm. um and uh they end up leaving gene is that his name yes to run the hamburger stand because bob and linda yeah are so enamored with all the other foods that they end up just wandering off <laughs> to <try> the foods. <laughs> they make the decision because linda has been saying the word pierogies under her breath for the last 10 minutes she's like no i haven't pierogies um and uh it was hilarious and uh it, the gene starts handing out uncooked burgers oh good and they said this burger's not cooked and he said you want that meat cooked you go run it under some hot water <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was the episode that uh solidified that yeah i should probably be watching bob's burgers and i just feel like that panel is so full of hilarious people just naturally that i think it'd be a lot of fun to watch yeah including the guy what's his name who does Lind- linda's voice john roberts is that yeah his that name? sounds right yeah it's, it's like one of those really sort of uh kind of yeah. forgettable name oh i'm sorry it's robert johns <laughs> but have you seen his the youtube uh things that he did where he plays his mom which is probably it's no I'm the not. voice of linda like before he was doing bob's burgers Mm-mm. oh man i gotta show you this someday um yeah we ended it last episode last week's episode we wrapped up and then watched internet videos we might have to do this do that again this week absolutely did you ever watch that andre the giant show uh, no, it's so long. It's five minutes long, yeah, and it's hilarious. Kind of time. All right, well, we're watching it. I don't care what All you right. say. Nah. All right. Uh, okay, so there's okay. So there's at five p.m. There's something called the greatest movies never made. I think it's like the greatest science fiction movies never made. I don't remember exactly, but uh, that one sounds interesting to me. I always like that sort of thing. There's the science of science fiction, which is which you already talked about. Um, well, I didn't talk about it in detail. I just mentioned it. It's a really fun panel where they and I've have, never gone to it any year. They have it every year. Yeah, and um, they have people. They have both screenwriters and people who are actual scientific consultants on science fiction movies and TV. Uh, and they talk about like the actual science behind some of the stuff they make up. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things that stood stood out to me, I think I talked about a couple years ago on our podcast or our Comic Con wrap up. But it was uh, what's the show with all the like crazy geniuses living in a small town? It got canceled. It was on the Science Fiction Network. Hmm, I don't know. Is it called Eureka? Is that that sound sounds right? right? Yes, yes. Um, they did one where they were like, we need to figure out how fast would someone have to be running to run across the surface of water. And so a guy figured it out how fast it was moving. But he was like, by the way, all your skin would shear off if you were moving this fast. And they're like, oh, let's not include that part. Uh, so Inc- that the Incredibles would be a very different type of movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the kind of stuff that happens there. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, are you I've, interested in, this is TV, but we've talked about the TV stuff. Uh, the world premiere screening of episode one of wayward pines, M night Shyamalan's new TV series. Oh, um, no, no, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm I bet, a little interested. you know what? I bet he's well suited to TV. I bet that would go, that could be, that could turn out pretty well. I think. Mm-hmm. He seems like a, a good, uh, he'd be a good match for small screen serialized stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
It's entirely possible that I know that TV is not all about the payoff uh, at the end of a season or series, but I could see him maybe uh, bungling that a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so many, you know, better better men and women have have done the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what else you got? The character of music at two p.m. Do you have that down? Uh, oddly enough, I don't. Maybe I uh, maybe I uh, didn't. I think maybe I didn't see it. Um, there's okay, so I'm into the evening now. Um, I see you're zooming past me. Yeah, you're not sorry. interested in this now. Uh, there's you know how Netflix has their own Netflix originals documentaries and stuff. Yes. Now there's Xbox originals. Yeah. Did you hear about this documentary called Digging ET? Uh, oh, is it about the? It's the, about the, the cartridges in yeah, yeah. New Mexico that had all the ET games, the ET Atari games. It's a documentary about it. They're not showing the documentary, but. It's a panel about the documentary. I'd be more interested in just watching the documentary, frankly. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's also, uh, there is one screening. I've never done this. Well, I guess this, so last year they had some panels. So almost all the panels are at the convention center. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the Indigo Ballroom. Yeah. At the. Uh, Hilton. Uh, at, the, at, the, at the, yeah, the Hilton Bayfront. Um there's also the Omni playback room in the Omni, which is mm-hmm. where they show Hall H and Ballroom 20 panels after they've happened, but with all the exclusive footage cut out. So it's just the panel part. Um, but if you didn't get in, and, yeah. you know, you can go and watch the Q&As, but not this footage, um, which is kind of I – I don't understand why they can show the footage at the one time. Anyway, I guess I guess as you're showing it twice, it's double the chances of it being pirated. Hmm. Anyway. You clearly don't care, uh, but there's also last year it, there was there was panel the, 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 there was uh, programming at the Lyceum Theater in the Gas Lamp, um, and this year it's not the Lyceum it's at the Horton Grand Theater. Yes, and the they, way got, this they works, got a lot of stuff at the yeah, Horton Grand Theater this and year. We should say uh, so you know, and so uh, other people know. If you do want to see something at the Horton Grand, it's not like other panels where you just get in line. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the sales pavilion upstairs in the morning or beforehand and get a ticket. You don't have to pay for a ticket. A badge gets you a ticket. Yeah. But I think basically they don't want a bunch of people lining up on the sidewalk in the gas lamp. Right. So they don't want to give any more tickets than there are seats. Yeah. So you have to get a ticket beforehand. It's free, but you can't just, you can't just walk there. Do you have to get a ticket for every separate thing or just, okay. Yeah. Separate things. Um, and so they are actually showing the entire documentary showrunners, which is, uh, about people like Joss, Joss Whedon and JJ Abrams and, uh, Jane Espenson and all these people who David Milch, obviously, uh, I can only assume that he would be in there. Um, so that's cool, right? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, uh, when I was as I was looking through this and I saw Horton Grand, I just my natural assumption is, oh, okay, well, obviously I'm going to have to buy a ticket for for that, right? Because no. there's a Weird Al performance that I think would be fun. Yeah, you I don't, bet, no, I you, bet those are going to run out pretty quick. If you have a badge, you don't have to you don't have to buy a ticket, but you do have to get a ticket before you head over there. Yeah, um, and I think preferably in the morning of you know not like right before because it might I guess sell out isn't the word, but they might give they away may run tickets. out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, there's that. Uh, Fox is in Hall H. I'm trying to think what their big things are. Um, because they announced what they were going to have there, and it didn't include Fantastic Four. But yeah. I'm wondering if, you know, because a lot of things are, times there are things that studios bring that aren't announced, mm-hmm. and they surprise you with it. And I, um, I think maybe Fantastic Four might be a part of that. Yeah, I read an article about how... Um, yeah, I mean there are major movies that are 
represented at Comic-Con, but that there, there were studios that just didn't seem that interested in being a, a, a huge presence this year uh, as, as opposed to previous years. Um, have, you, have you found that, or does it look like it's basically the same? Well, there's nothing for Disney. Other, there's Marvel, yeah, which is Disney, but there's no Disney panel, which I think this is the second year in a row that Disney hasn't had a new presence there. Hmm. Um, and Universal doesn't have a presence there either, but Legendary does, which is now distributed by Universal. It used right. to be Warner Brothers. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I guess if they don't have anything to sell, you know, and like, I mean, MGM is never there, but they're co-productions because this year they'll have um they have the hobbit but that's warner brothers first so that'll be part of the warner brothers panel man oh man just i'm i'm always fascinated by studios and just the cross-pollination of things and just where there's overlap and oh well this one did distribute it but now it's this one over here and it's just astounding to me um do you have anything else notable i i mean i'm there's still a bunch of stuff on friday yeah. Okay, yeah, keep going. Okay. So um, there's the Rotten Tomatoes Critics versus Fans at 7.30, which I may be interested in. Um, there's At 8.30, there's something called Zombie Myths, which uh, I think even I am a little zombied out by now, but uh, I do like when anything explores what the reality would be about uh a science fiction film or a horror film or a superhero movie or something like that. Um, and that's what it sounds like in this case, although I'm fascinated where it's, Oh, zombie myths. Okay. They don't actually exist. So it's all a myth. (laughs) It's all made up. So, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, I know Max Brooks is bouncing around uh, comic con, so maybe he'll be there and, uh, very arrogantly, uh, act as though he's the, the final say in the matter. Sorry. I'm not a huge arrogant guy. Sometimes I, know, I don't know anything about him. He can be he can be a very charming and very uh, funny guy, but every once in a while he, the the I think people deferring to him because he wrote World War Z and stuff. I think he acts as though he's sort of the new Romero. Um, so it's not so much there's an arrogance in how he presents himself. It may not actually be there. He may not actually think himself as better than anybody else, and he's not really haughty about it. But um, but I think there is uh, just this assumption of, well, they're eventually going to come to me, right? I mean, we know that. Uh, but I might be projecting things onto him. Um, there is, uh, this is just a personal thing for me. So at the same time as uh, zombie myths, there's the Christian Comics Mixer, which I might go to even though I do not read uh, comics at all. And I get the feeling I would not enjoy Christian comics. But for uh, networking purposes, I might go. So, um, oh, but of course, it, but you know what? I might skip that completely because at 8.15, there's the worst cartoons ever, which is okay. so much damn fun. You've been before? I, I have. have another friend who goes every year. It is hysterical. It is amazing. Any listeners who are going to Comic-Con make a priority of going to worst cartoons ever. I mean, it is, it is astounding. No matter how bad anything you've seen is. It's always interesting that things get greenlit and that people put money and effort, arguable how much effort, but uh, that they put time and effort and money into something. And this was it. 
uh, and worst cartoons is an example because people had to animate these things. That takes uh, <laughs> that takes a lot of time, um, and it just uh, it just astounds me. And it's a it's a great deal of fun. Uh, and I think that's it for me. There is a oh, you're missing. The highlight of Friday. Okay, what do you which got? Which is the Shout Factory, Shout Kids, and Scream Factory panel, uh, moderated yes. by our good friend in front of the show, uh, Kyle Anderson. That's right, yes. The one I'm... from Nerdist, not the one from Entertainment Weekly. Indeed, yes. No, hang on. David, the one from Battleship Pretension, not the one from Entertainment Weekly. Okay. And certainly not the one from Nerdist. That guy's an asshole. <laughs> um so uh, yes, that's actually very exciting. I'm I'm very happy for Kyle that he's that he's uh, able to do that, um, and that he was asked to do that. So uh, yeah, and then there's start angling next and year to be a oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, but I guess it would have to be. I feel like you'd be a better moderator than I. Really? Than I am. Yeah. I don't know. I mumble. People will be, I'm going to ask questions. People will be like, "What?" Oh yeah, it's going to be half an hour. What? <laughs> as well, I know mumble to, is bad as the people who ask the the in the in the Q and A's Q's and A. As opposed to me, I would just say I've got a question for you guys, but allow me fifteen minutes of my opinion and a, yeah. a nice preamble <laughs> before I ask a question that uh, has almost nothing to do with it. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is you and I really shouldn't be talking to people. No, um, I, I, you know you're right. I'd be a great moderator. I think you would be actually. Yeah. Just, get, if, just it, gotta get those mar- spit those marbles out before you start talking, yeah. and you're good. Uh, so I don't know why yeah, you. Kyle's got Shout Factory lined up. I gotta find some other home video. Wonder, I don't know. Who can we get? Let's, let's see if Kino can have a presence at Comic Con next year. Oh sure, and I will volunteer to moderate that panel. Absolutely. There's, a, I, I would say there's a bunch of steps that need to happen there, but I think we could do it. I, I'll just email some people. Yeah. Just see if you can get a ravenous. Uh, uh-huh. You know, well, who did? Who released ravenous? Was that that Shout Factory though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and we didn't get it. I know, but uh, that's okay. Nobody's. Would you say, of all the people on Earth, I'd say you and I are in the top hundred when it comes to fans of ravenous. Probably, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna include cast and crew in that, by the way. Um, you know, uh, Scott Weinberg. Mm-hmm. He's uh, also a big champion of okay. Ravenous. Let's all let's all get together and uh, shame Shout Factory for not sending us one. <laughs> Much less, I mean, uh, we should have been included in those special features. I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, okay, Saturday, Saturday. Okay, there's a bunch of stuff. Well, there's. Now I know you didn't write down any of the Hall H stuff, but um, Warner Brothers actually, unlike unlike Fox and Sony, where I uh, I had to guess, and DreamWorks Animation, where I have to guess what's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Warner Brothers actually said what they're bringing, uh, which what they is got? Uh, Jupiter Ascending, which I would be interested in, but I can't. Can't. I'm not going to Hall H on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's impossible. Um, but I am very interested in Jupiter Ascending because I like the Wachowskis. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm inter- I'm very interested in that. Not interested enough, obviously, but uh, yes, right. I'm I'm intrigued. And The Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. Now that's what's announced. Yeah. They, you know, it's a. It's a two-hour panel, so they could very well drop in other stuff. Like last year, I think, during the Legendary panel, Warner Brothers Legendary panel, that was when they did that little teaser for the Warcraft movie, which was mm. not you know not announced. Um, and they, of course, announced Batman v Superman. Yeah, the <laughs> the, the court case, the legal battle. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, so Batman, yeah, Batman could... had a tree growing uh, whose roots were in <laughs> Superman's yard. <laughs> 
yeah. Didn't was who was it? Was it Billy Corgan and Rebecca Gayhart who had that? Oh, I don't know. I think that was a literally like they were neighbors and there was some sort of dispute about <laughs> the tree line. Um, anyway, um, Billy Corgan's all pissed off at uh, Amazon now. I don't Why know is that? The story. Because uh, they're doing a re-release, a box a box set re-release of Adore, the '98 Smashing Pumpkins album, okay. I think. Um, and he's been leading up to the announce on announcement on the Smashing Pumpkins website, and Amazon went ahead and posted the full like four disc track list before he made the official announcement, mm-hmm. despite that being part of the agreement that they not do that. Hmm. So okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I, I I wonder if there will be some. Um, probably comic book announcements some dc announcements yeah some, yeah i don't know wonder woman's or i don't know i don't know what they're doing yeah i don't pay attention to that stuff <laughs> i don't know what that means of course yeah. i pay attention to that stuff <laughs> yeah. That's you just that talked about day. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um okay so at 10 a.m for me there's a a simpsons panel in ballroom 20 maybe i'll get in maybe i won't uh, again if it's 10 a.m I might not even show up. Um, yeah, I don't think – you have to look at what else is in bottom 20, but I think that's a big day, and I don't think you'll get in. Yeah. I think um, basically just like the thing with Saturday and Hall H is that Marvel ends the day, and most of the people who are lined up camping out overnight mm-hmm. are staying through Marvel. Yeah. So it tends to fill up in the morning and not empty out at all. Yeah. And I think bottom 20 on Saturday is ending with Vampire Diaries and True Blood which have huge ravenous film ba- uh, fan bases, and so it might be the same sort of uh, oh, all situation. Right. Okay, yeah, it's Ballroom 20, I tend not to... I'm, I want to try and see Hannibal, and we'll see how that goes, but uh, but yeah. Um, but I'm not holding out hope for The Simpsons. Uh, at 12 p.m., there's uh, something called Tales of Censorship, which is mostly about the comics code, but I'm always interested in stories like that. Um but also at 12, there's something called Sci-Fi Robots uh, Robots and AI, which talks about uh, just not, not unlike our Sci-Fi Viz of a post-hum-foot class <laughs> in college. I'm interested in that. 1 p.m., Warner Archive yes. has something uh, called Trailers. and I Trailers from Hell Live. Yes. And I not exactly I don't exactly remember what that is. Is it, It's just trailers for terrible movies? Uh, I don't know. I've never been. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I like everything Warner Archive does. Yeah. I, I really like the way they present themselves. Um also at 1 p.m. is Cartoon Voices. I think I might actually go to Warner Archive instead. Um, let's see. So yeah, yeah and then I, I'm going to I'm going to skip down. Uh, at 3:30, there's, there's a there's the Box Trolls in Hall H. Oh, okay. I guess that's a new movie. I don't yeah, know and about it. I don't remember who's behind it, but it's good people behind it. Oh, it's you know what? Yeah, it's the Leica people. I okay. just mentioned Paranorman earlier. Yeah, those people who did Coraline and Leica. Okay. Or Coraline and Paranorman. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I take back anything, any edge to my voice. I'm all for the box trolls. Okay. All right. Well, that's exciting. But you're not going to see it. I'm not going to get in there. Right. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll skip down. At 3.30, there's a Twin Peaks uh, panel, primarily about the special features and stuff. But if it's yep. Twin Peaks, I'm interested. That's on my list. Um, another. There's the Wonderful World of Weird Al Yankovic. That's another one of those Horton Grand things. Yeah. Which I'll I'll try to do, but anything on Saturday, you know, I, I'm just not banking on. Especially if it's something like that, where it's only one thing, huge following. We'll see how it goes, but I'll give it a try. Um, 
6 p.m., uh, something called Comics on Trial, which is all about uh, the beginning of the sort of the comics code and, and that sort of thing. I, I'm, I mean, you and I know about the Hayes Code pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but comics had their own version of this, and I know a little bit about it, not very much. Um, I'd like to educate myself more about that. Anytime... Anytime the government gets involved in art and says this is wrong or you need to tamp this down or whatever, I'm very interested. Um, And so I would like to go to that one. Uh, But at the exact same time, there's something called spiritual themes in comics, which usually winds up – which is an overtly Christian panel. And so um, I've been to ones like that in the past. It usually winds up getting bigger than just comics. uh, But it's interesting. Um, and I've met some, I've last at WonderCon, I met some of the panelists and kind of developed a a good relationship with them. And so, uh, so maybe I'll do that, but I do like that idea of the comics on trial thing. Uh, and then skipping past a couple, uh, at eight 30, there's something called Star Trek versus Star Wars psychology. And I don't know if it's the psychology of the Star Trek versus Star Wars mindset, or if it's the psychology of Star Wars versus the psychology of Star Trek. Either uh, way, either I'm way interested. interested yeah. So, And that is the last thing on Saturday you that know, I'm interested in. We skipped something that I'm trying to find now okay. on my list. I wish, the, I wish the website, the mobile version of the Comic-Con website, I don't like to speak ill of Comic-Con, of course, but I wish the mobile version of the website uh, were a little more freaking manage- navigable. Are you using the, you're using the website, not the app? Right, I'm not using the app. I hear. Should I be using the app? Is it- I started using it today. It's uh, it's a little buggy, honestly. Okay. Um, well, so is th- this is just geeky, whatever. But um, okay, so I go to the schedule. Mm-hmm. I click on the movies category, so I only see movies panels. Yeah. Right. Then I click on the one I want to read about. I read about it. I hit back. It doesn't take me back to just the movies subset. It takes me back to the full list. So I have to find movies again and and drill down again. Yeah. That's annoying, right? That is annoying, yes. Um, But here's what we – we skipped a couple of Hall H things because we were not paying attention to Hall H. But um, there's um, – we mentioned Sin City on Saturday. But going back to Friday, this is actually a very big deal. Um, There's a movie called Horns. Okay. Um, that will be, uh, that has, it's, it's the Radius TWC panel. They have two movies, Horns and Everly. And Horns stars Daniel Radcliffe. And Daniel Radcliffe, who never came to Comic-Con for all of Harry Potter. Yes. Has never been to Comic-Con, will be at Comic-Con this year. Okay. That's, that's kind of a big deal. You know, last year, you had Tom Cruise and Sandra Bullock. Both had never been to Comic-Con before and right. were there. Um, and now you've got Daniel Radcliffe. That's so exciting. that's the that's the big deal this year, and then yeah, the uh, Everly um, I think um, has Selma Hayek, and Selma Hayek will be there. But Horns is directed by Alexandra Aja, who did Piranha Three D. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> what? Yeah, because I know a little. I, I don't really know much about Horns, but I know I've seen stills from it, and I know a little bit about it. It does sound like a very very different tone. Than Piranha 3D. Did you see Piranha 3D? Yeah, I'm still trying to get over it. I'm not saying it's bad, but it uh, it traumatized me. Yeah, it's. I don't know that I have a hard time with the tone of that film because it clearly is meant to be a very specific type of knowing, like knowingly funny. Uh huh. 
and it is. Yeah. But I think it's, and so it has, but it's not making fun. Right. It's knowing, but it, yeah, it's, but it's still completely buying into like the high five quality of this type of movie. And so I, I sometimes feel like I, I think everybody involved enjoys themselves and that's not a crime. And they seem to be making Not fun yet. of this. <laughs> Not <laughs> quite sure who. Let's uh, let's hang with, this one on. Not with this guy in the White House. Okay, I was going to say let's hang this one on John Boehner. <laughs> um, I'm trying to let's get more specific with things. Who's uh, Sibelius? Uh, is she still Secretary of Health and Human Services? I don't remember. Uh, if there's a new one, I don't know about it. But uh, <laughs> that's a, if there's a new one, I don't know about it, and I know all that stuff. But. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, it's it seems to be the kind of thing that you and I might enjoy because it's sort of reveling in this. But I don't I. But it's and it's not too ironic, which I wouldn't like. There's a sincere love, but it also seems to be. To be reveling in it in a way that implies that they do think that this is just, you know, if you'll pardon the term, just fucking awesome. (laughs) In in, a, in kind of a almost a frat boy kind of way, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate it either, but I don't. I don't ever want to watch it again. Yeah, because it was very upsetting to me. Yeah, the amount of gore. Because that like the big attack of the yeah. piranhas. It's pretty rough. It's like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan <laughs> in that it doesn't stop. Yeah, and it's very assaultive and very very bloody. Uh, and it did, uh, yeah, I don't see myself watching that again anytime soon. I recently watched a documentary on Netflix, um, about makeup artists with a special emphasis on Greg Nicotero, who's been working for 30 years and he did some of the makeup effects on Piranha and it was very interesting, but we, they showed some of the clips from it and even the clips were a little traumatizing. There's a scene where these two guys are like carrying a guy. One has his legs, one has his arms and they're carrying him. And as they're carrying him, he just falls apart in half. Yeah. And I just think, like, that's really, boy, that is disturbing. That yeah. is a, that's a Good disturbing image. Good on the person image. who came up with that. Yes. It's, that's very creative. Yes. And just like the girl getting her hair and face pulled off by the, by yeah. the motor, the boat's motor. Yeah. Uh, horrifying. I'll never forget that image. Uh, but, you know, congrats for coming up with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think you and I are just, I think, just getting older because I think – in, in years past, I wouldn't have a problem with that level of gore being treated with that tone. Now I think I do have a problem with it. Because, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't remember what this... I think this is a thing that was actually done on YouTube where somebody put the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan, the, the storming the beach, to the Benny Hill theme. Uh-huh. And that's what that whole sequence seems yeah, like. Yeah. Which, it's one thing if it's on YouTube and it's supposed to be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Thankfully, the movie wasn't made with that tone, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. it was with Piranha. <laughs> So, um, all right. A uh, couple more things on Saturday, and then we'll look and see if there's anything on Sunday. Um, uh, we mentioned Constantine uh, earlier because mm-hmm. of there'll be the, the pilot uh, screenings on Wednesday night, but the actual Constantine battle, Constantine yeah. panel, is on Saturday. Also on Saturday, did you see the Fight Club panel? I did. It's yes, Chuck Palahniuk and David Fincher yeah. talking about Fight Club. What's it, it's called? From page to screen and beyond. That sounds interesting. Um, and also, it's David Fincher in a small room. Yeah. I've seen David Fincher at Comic-Con, by the way. Okay. Um, there was a few years ago, I want to say 20, uh, 2010, because uh, David Fincher is one of the producers of the Goon movie that never seems to happen. Yeah. Um, 
they've been they kickstarted a thing and it just i hope it happens uh well, and if they then, kickstarted it it has to happen um well no they kickstarted the um production of a feature length animatic to sell oh, okay and i think that was last year they showed scenes from the animatic with voices okay. and everything that was completed but there's no goon panel this year so i don't know where we are with that but uh yeah, one year um, there was a panel for the Goon movie, and it was Eric Powell, creator of the Goon, and then David Fincher and Paul Giamatti just showed up. That's awesome. It was really, and it was in a tiny room. So if you want to see David Fincher in a small room, there's a there's like a string of this because on Sunday Quentin Tarantino is going to be in a small room. I know for a thing, and then also the American Horror Story panel is not in one of the big rooms, but it has like Angela Bassett and Kathy Bates, like these big names. That sounds great. Do you? I, I want to talk for a bit about the American horror story thing and how they, the fact that they've never been to comic con before. Okay. And why exactly that is. Um, I, I don't know. I don't understand, but I think comic con has a certain idea of itself, idea of its image that it wants to, uh, uphold, but then also seems to tramp all over that sometimes Okay, where it wants to be mostly family friendly. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, like, Hemlock Grove uh, ended up having their panel. Was that two years ago? Their panel got canceled. Oh, I didn't know that. Essentially, the idea was, like, Comic-Con was like, yeah, everything you want to show or talk about is just, like, it's too grisly. It's not for us. Hmm. And that's why they're in So Hemlock Grove panel got canceled, and they ended up doing a panel at, like, a bar or something. No, that's uh, neat. Excuse me. Um And so I wonder if American Horror Story not coming to, Com- to Comic-Con is fx or ryan murphy's choice or if comic-con was squeamish about it and now but meanwhile they have true blood they've had true blood since the beginning i i feel like it's probably more fx or ryan murphy i think it i think it's uh but fx brings sons of anarchy every year and it's a huge hit that's true and they're bringing the strain this year for a two-hour panel (laughs) yeah it's you know what it's hard to say i don't know um I mean, I could, I could speculate all day about how maybe the people responsible for the show, and maybe it's maybe it's an issue of you know I don't remember what's the name of the guy Ryan Murphy who, who does uh, American Horse uh, sorry um, Sons of Anarchy uh, Kurt Sutter Kurt Sutter yeah maybe he has a better idea of what Comic Con is than yeah, well, Ryan, Ryan Murphy, Murphy does. Ryan Murphy used to come for Glee. And okay, then Glee so. stopped coming to Comic Con. I'm wondering if maybe Ryan Murphy got burnt out on it or something. Possibly. But I also wonder if Comic-Con doesn't, is squeamish about American Horror Story, whereas they're not about True Blood. Yeah, I don't know. But True Blood seems to have a different sort of fan base. Plus, HBO is kind of a big sponsor. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, maybe, yeah, Yeah. maybe it's that. I mean, since, as long as True Blood has existed, the masquerade Saturday night at mm-hmm. Comic Con has been the HBO True Blood masquerade. That's what it's called. Uh, that sounds like uh, that sounds like a bummer. Yeah, I've been to the masquerade once. It's fun, but it goes on forever. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and it's hard to get into. Uh, yeah, I don't know that it w- I would do it again, but it is fun. I would say if you go to Comic Con, you should probably go to the masquerade at least once, if, even if you don't stay for the whole thing. But you do have to put in some effort on Saturday to get the ticket, like early in the day to get the ticket to. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with just walking around and seeing people in the costumes, and that's uh-huh. fine. That's fine. With but they me. do little choreographed like things at the masquerade, like little sketches, or it's not a sketch; it's a skit or a dance. Sometimes, you know, I, um, I, I, it is fun. I did theater. I don't need to see this. 
uh, the masquerade is fun. I, I can't see myself doing it again anytime soon because it, it does go on a long time and it's hard to get into. Yeah. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about on Saturday, actually, we mentioned it earlier, but I want to talk a little more uh, about this Warner Brothers TV thing mm-hmm. Saturday, 8 to 11 p.m. in Hall H because I specifically want to talk about it because it, this doesn't ha- this has never happened before. Yeah. Hall H programming usually ends by 7.30 or 8 at the latest when, when Kevin Smith is in there. Um, and now for it to go to 11 p.m. and have with one three-hour panel with an hour and a half between. It's not like the other panels where, you know, one ends, you you know, give it a few minutes. People move around or leave or exit and then the next one starts. Um, there's an hour and a half between the end of Marvel and yeah. the beginning of the uh, WBTV uh, panel. Um, I don't know. What do you think of it? You're, you're interested in going. Yeah, I mean – what exactly are are you asking? Just do I think it'll be? Because that's the thing. I have. I I don't care about Hall H for the most part. It's never. I never view it as an option. Um, maybe by extending it, uh, they're trying to accommodate more people. So wait, have you ever been inside Hall H? No. Yeah. See, I think because I totally understand where you're coming from. I think yeah. if you got in one year, especially on a Saturday. And even if you don't care about the movies, feeling that like fandom vibe, I think you'd be hooked. Oh, that sounds that sounds wonderful. Um, and maybe I would be hooked, and that would be a problem then, because uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to get hooked on standing in line for hours on end. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, it's it's not that uh, it's not a huge priority for me. And even if stuff sounds good to me, and as far as yeah, maybe just trying to really utilize the hall h space and knowing that everybody comes on sat on friday and saturday saturday especially and just trying to give people more you know more bang for their buck i guess again my prediction and you can you know hold it over me over my head if i'm wrong mm-hmm. uh is that you can you'll be able to walk right into this wb thing okay i'll give it a try and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but okay. yeah i'm i'm and then I will hold it over your head and I'll be like, you were wrong, uh-huh. David. You were incorrect. And now here I am looking like some kind of asshole saying, hey, can I get in? No, you can't. Oh, my friend David said, well, I don't care what your friend David said. Get out of here. That's exactly how it's going to go. And then I then I have to make a scene. Yeah, obviously. Anything on uh, Sunday? Uh, just a couple of things, really. Uh, Did you see this? The Fifth Beatle? It's a documentary based on a graphic novel about Brian Epstein. Yeah. That is sanctioned by the surviving Beatles slash uh, spouses of the not surviving Beatles. Weird, right? <laughs> it is weird. I, I looked at it. I was curious. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay. So um, there's a Christian thing at 10 a.m. that, again, because of the time I might not go to, there's a thing about villains at 1130. Yeah, I wrote that down. Also at 1130, there's a, another cartoon voices. at. Uh, well, uh, can I read the name of the villains panel? What was that? Okay, go ahead. From Snidely Whiplash to Voldemort and back. The good, sorry, the guys and gals we love to hate. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah, I don't like who wrote that. And gals? Yeah. Yes, and gals. Yeah, they've, <laughs> There's plenty women of have been villains since, uh, I don't know, Jezebel in the Bible? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you went back a little further than I did. Yeah. And um, just, uh. Okay, Lizzie sorry. Borden, for example, there's an option. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a that's a real one. Oh, I guess 
sorry, I guess the Bible's real too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, <laughs> I forgot need... for a second that the Bible was real. <laughs> um, I don't need your crap. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't even mean it. Um, right, it just came out naturally. Just yes. It's just instinct with you. Um, at noon, well, it's, uh, I think at noon, it might be 1230 or something like that, because um, I didn't, I wrote a 12 and then a colon, but nothing after that. Okay, which so, one is this now? The Warner Archive yeah, Batman panel, twelve, 12 to one. Okay, a Batman uh, for all seasons. Yeah, which nice, nicely named. Exactly. I uh, once again Warner Archive. They, I love the way they approach things, and I'm interested to see them look back at Batman because I'm sure it will be very different than the Batman in the '80s and '90s panel. Yeah, which is all about hey, wa- watch Batman get dark. And I have a feeling Warner Archive is going to be like, hey, he wasn't always. Look at this. Yeah, here's some real goofy <laughs> Batman shit. Yeah. Uh, um, and then there's and if you if you like the Warner Archive, you should totally come to our meetup. With absolutely, absolutely, you'll get you'll get a free DVD. That's yeah, that's one thing we forgot to mention when when pushing the meetup earlier is the free DVDs. Yeah, you get one, but it's always interesting. Yes, you do get one. So uh, and People then we'll try to take more. Then there's some stuff later on in the day that I that is not fun, but it's just uh, good for me. Like for, one is called like full time work on a part time. Yeah, that's what I always th- like. Schedule. Those always sound interesting, in, interesting to me. But exactly what you're talking about. When I'm at Comic Con, I'm I'm not in the headspace to go sit in something like that. Yeah, I th- I think you it know? it would be how to get web how to get press coverage for your web series. Like fantastic, I would love yeah. that. But I I just not in the headspace for it. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those things that like there's there are some projects that I would like to do that uh, I just sometimes feel like I don't have time for. Um, but something like this might be good for me. Uh, figure out figuring out how to work those in so um so yeah every once in a while i and i've gone to panels like this uh in the past and some of them have had very helpful uh tips hey speaking of which i put something on facebook about this uh earlier today well put a pin in that for a second okay we never mentioned the archer panel but i am planning on going to the archer panel. oh that's friday. right yes, yes that's on friday in indigo so yes all right so you put something on the internet okay I just said uh, some helpful tips, okay? I am so... Okay, this is on the big list of things to be bummed out about or Mm -hmm. angry about or pissed about. This should be probably pretty low. Like I said, uh, commercial plane got shot out of the sky and wars are happening and it's hard to know what side to take. And so, you know, there are bigger things than this. I am so fucking tired of this term life hack it's just or hack in general. We're just it, oh the term life. I think you're saying someone hacked some sort of term life insurance. <laughs> I know I lost all my money and, <laughs> and I was planning on dying next month. The term life hack. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, it's a I, weird thing to be sick of, but it just it feels like something that people say. It, it feel you know what I, I could see it being gone in a year, um, but it just bothers me so much. And I don't know why. But here's the thing. It's like the term party foul, which I also find annoying. I don't, but, th- And I don't think I even know that yeah, one. I don't think you go to enough parties. Yeah. But it also is the perfect pithy thing to describe what you're talking Like, everyone knows what you mean yeah. when you say life hack. So I, I get your frustration, but what would you say instead? Well, okay. It's one of two things, probably. Like, here's a tip, which... A tip usually means here's a little something that will help you. Right. That's usually what I mean, what, what I take tip to mean. Sometimes, and quite literally, if you tip a waitress, here's a little something that can help you. But then also, uh, hey, here's, a, here's like a neat trick 
or something like that. But then to say life, to say hack, mm-hmm. I think at this point people know what a hack means when it comes to computers, right? right. I, I'd say most people know that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, oh, here's like a hack you can do in your everyday life. No, that's just, a, it's just you're, you're giving me a tip on a neat trick that I, that can make my life a little bit easier. And it just, it feels like it's, it's trying to be cooler than it is. <laughs> I wish I could, like, I can't agree with you. I also don't care enough to vehemently disagree with you. I've used one, by the way, Which I've one? used one life hack. Which one? Well, when I go to target and uh-huh. I buy my propel zero grape bottles, well, they're not refrigerated, uh-huh. which means, you know, you might as well just be drinking vomit. Okay. If they're warm. I mean, come uh-huh. on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so... It's like warm Sprite. It's the worst. It's the worst. No, yeah. thank you. Uh, and so what it said is that if you have a plastic bottle and you want to make it cold quickly, what you do is you get a, uh, a paper towel, make it wet, like under the faucet or something uh-huh. like that, wrap it around the bottle, throw it in a freezer for about 10 minutes, and Ooh. then it'll be very, very cold after that. So, so I did that and, uh, I gave it 10 minutes and it was notably colder, but not as cold as I would have liked it to be. Do you know? And so, but um, I just thought, okay, well, that's something. If you're, this is, people probably know this, but if you have a cooler full of beverages, mm-hmm. you put just ice in, it'll get cold. But if you put ice and pour water in, it'll get colder faster in the, in the cooler. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That's a fun life hack. That's exactly Thanks, David. Is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of have used any of those great uh, life hacks. There's the one that I want to use where you use a soda tab to connect a, one hanger to another hanger. Yes. So that you can double up your closet space. Yes. That looks really fascinating. Yeah. There was one where... It I was, could use it. I'm, I don't have a lot of closet space. There was one of like, hey, here's how to tie your shoes in about three seconds. Uh-huh. Using, just basically manipulating your fingers... Or the laces around your fingers and if you just do this boom it's done uh-huh. so i was watching the video of that and i thought the amount of time that it's taking me to figure this out <laughs> is probably equal to the amount of time i'm going to spend over the rest of my life tying my shoes because this is more trouble than it's worth for me <laughs> i know how to tie my shoes now that's you know if i was having trouble with that maybe this would be helpful but I don't know. It's just that again. This is one of those things. You and I, for our WonderCon, a uh, WonderCon uh, uh, supplement, we talked about little terms that we don't like. Yeah, little internet terms that we don't yeah. like. Life hack is not. It's not the end of the world. But for some reason, it just bothers me so much. Maybe because of just how prolific it is. It gets used all the time. Yeah, and it's just, it's just time saving things. It's just little, little tricks. But see, everything you're saying takes longer or is less specific. Life hack is something that. Yeah, because I, I agree that it's uh, kind of sickeningly annoying, but it also is so perfect. There's not another term that describes that. I guess maybe some of it has to do with the fact that when I think of hack, like a like a um, you know, in computer terms, I think of anonymous. You know, I think uh-huh. of people who hack for a purpose and maybe ruin everything. Oh, I thought you thought of like. Uh, trinity from Ma- the matrix you know sure. she uh yeah uh, she hacked the irs mainframe yeah and he he thought that she was a guy most guys do <laughs> these are lines from the matrix indeed which um, my wife is actually watching in the other room right now uh yeah it's uh yeah um, and, and, but that's the thing those are big things 
but if somebody like- if somebody was doing the the computer equivalent of life hacking, uh-huh. hackers would well probably break in and steal all that person's money from their <laughs> bank and say this guy is really not using his talents well. Yeah, like it's like a oh, computer hack. Instead of minimizing one window and going to the other, you could just hit Alt Tab, and then the real hackers would be like, ah, "It's not, it's not a hack. You didn't have to." Like everyone knows that that's like part yeah. of the design. Yeah, that's you're using it correctly when you do that. Yeah. All right, um, but fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Was it about hacks? No. Okay. It was. I was going to make a point. Okay. Because life hack, again, I'm at the same point I made a billion times. It's annoying, but it is perfect and small and pithy, and mm-hmm. it gets the point across. Opposite of that, something that really annoys me. Okay. Uh, the overuse slash misuse of the, of the word random. No, oh, I was um, just thinking that. Yeah, and uh, now I'm totally ripping off uh, something that Paul Tompkins tweeted, but he said it perfectly. He's like, you don't have to say, like, some random guy. It's a stranger. There's already a word for it. <laughs> a stranger is, that's the word for what you're trying to say. Yeah. And it's shorter. So that's what I'm... Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I, that's that's I get more annoyed when it seems so pointless. Whereas life hack serves its purpose. I tend not to like it when people say random in response to what could seem like a non sequitur or something like that. Not that they're going to say, "All right, non sequitur." No one is going to say that because <laughs> it's, totally it's more. <laughs> that'd be words with cues should be incorporated <laughs> into life more often. But um, do you have that uh, that iPhone app by the way? Words with cues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. You can yes. did we forget something. You can find, you can uh that's where you find all our uh movie reviews. What's uh, what's up this week? I'll be reviewing The Purge Anarchy once I finally get home. Um uh what else? I don't know what the else. The aforementioned Josh Long has uh, has a couple new reviews of yes. I think Mood Indigo Mood and Indigo. I something. I Origins. I, right, Origins I Origins. Yes. Um is it iOrigins or One Origins? <laughs> I don't know. Every time I looked at it uh, <laughs> in the in the the press invitation, I thought One Origins because it's not. Oh right, it's not like I Claudius where it's I comma space Claudius. Yeah, it's all anyway. So uh, One Origins. That's at battleshipretention.com. dot uh, com. You can email us David at battleshipretention.com dot com or Tyler at battleshipretention.com. dot com. You can follow me David on Twitter at the Pretension. You can follow Tyler at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of the other of uh, his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at More Than One Lesson dot com. What's going on over there? Uh, this week, our new episode is about Alfonso Cuarón's Gravity with the companion film The Darjeeling Limited. Oh, which that's are interesting. two very. Uh, uh, dissimilar films but uh it was a fun conversation because gravity is a film that i think i respect a great deal but i don't really love that much um but it was still a good conversation to have so you can find that at more than one lesson.com uh, my other podcast is the weekly television podcast hey watch this uh where we talk about tv shows this week we'll be talking about the aforementioned the strain and we'll be talking about ny med on abc um that's <laughs> You guys what? talk about shows that I have. I don't. I don't know what NY Med is. I don't know what network it's on. I don't know who's in it. I, just, I j- literally just said it's on ABC. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. See, NY maybe Med, if I listened to you more often, I would know this stuff. You would like NY Med. It's. I, I would. It would be wrong to call it a reality show. It's a documentary series. Okay. Um, that takes place at various uh, hospitals in New York City. Um, okay. And they follow a couple of stories, being like you know patients with medical procedures per episode and then sprinkle it with like little emergencies that come in and weird, you know, crazy things that happen. And, 
um, it's a good way to convince yourself that the life is pointless and that your body is trying to murder you at all times because you never know what sort of tumor you have or hole in your heart you were born with that you have no idea about. Um, so Fair it is enough. terrifying in that sense. Or your parents trying to murder you through uh, bad genes or right. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 